Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to this new episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We are carrying on with all of our our guest episode recording. So you guys are not going to be hearing this one until mid-year, but I am in the middle of a spate of just having so many awesome conversations with so many people all at once. And today's episode is extra, extra special for me because this is two pretty cool energies coming together. We have a reflector on the show today and... I know that for most of us, we don't even know reflectors. <laughs> most most people have never even come across a reflector. Um, and so I wanted to be really specific in choosing a reflector that I, I saw a lot of integrity in their work to bring them onto the show. And this woman is absolutely no exception to that. So I would love to welcome on Becca from HD Undefined. She is a business energetics mentor. She teaches human design. She's a phenomenal human being. Welcome to the show, Becca. Hello. That was the loveliest intro ever. Thank you so much. I'm How- I am so excited to be here. How good a podcast when somebody introduces you and you feel like, oh, I'm I'm awesome. <laughs> Listen to the way I just got introduced wow I know you make me sound so great wow I love that (laughs) well we're stoked to have you we're really excited to have you now I've been a weird little manifester like most manifestors and I've been lurking around the edges of your work for a really long time and just kind of silently watching (laughs) not saying anything (laughs) because that's what we we do (laughs) So I am super familiar with what you do and the content that you produce and um, all of these beautiful elements of your design that you represent so well. But can you can you tell the audience what's your design? How did you stumble into the human design vortex and what kind of work do you do with that now? Oh my goodness. So I am a three, five reflector, right angle cross of rulership, need motivation. Um, I discovered human design. It was, must've been like 2017, 2018. I was in a job in a field that I thought was my, was my thing. Like I thought I found my purpose, which was what I was on this mad search for in my early twenties. Cause that's what you, we do, especially with the undefined G center. I'm like, I need mm-hmm. to find my thing. <laughs> And I ended up in like the animal welfare world and I was so immersed in it and I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to save all the dogs in the whole world. And, um, I got to a point where I was 
feeling, I was getting almost like physically unwell because it was such a high stress environment. At that time, I found human design randomly through a podcast, as many of us have. I learned about reflectors and the whole environmental sensitivity thing. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot of sense. So (laughs) that led me down like a whole rabbit hole and a reckoning of leaving that job, getting another PR job, because that's kind of where my area was, was like marketing, PR, that sort of thing. Um, Bored to tears was like, there's more to life than sitting in a cubicle, y'all. And then I found the this kind of online entrepreneurial space and I was mind blown by the possibilities. Uh, I got obsessed with human design, started doing human design readings. And then I realized I really only wanted to talk to business owners. And I kind of combined my marketing background with my human design knowledge. Fast forward to today, um, I work with a business partner who's also a three five reflector with need motivation. Whoa, and uh, what? Yeah, I know. I did not know that. That's crazy. How did you I find know. each other? It's like unicorns. She, I know it was divinely like she found me randomly. Just she just saw a picture of my face. She was looking for a human design coach. She just saw my face and was like, "That's my human." She did not even know I was a reflector. So we found out after uh, when our connection chart, like we're completely defined when we put us together. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. That's a whole other side story. (laughs) It's crazy. But we found each other, thank God. And we were like, oh, working together is a million times better than working alone. So now uh, we, uh, we basically, you know, we use human design as a tool to help people get in touch with like their truth and their authentic self. And we help them build a business from that place. So, you know, everybody thinks that like, if I just have the perfect strategy, then I'll be able to do it and it'll be great. And strategy is important. And we do talk strategy, but we always put like the inner work and the self-discovery and just finding your authentic voice first and if and building a business from that place. So mm-hmm. long story made very short. That is how I got here. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. And I, I've been in business for a really, a really long time. I mean, collectively across my businesses, this is my 15th year. And um, I've always, always said to people, business is just a reflection of yourself. That's it. Your business is just this mirror, this kind of outwards working of where you were two or three steps ago. So whatever it is that you've integrated, whatever it is that you've healed, that gets to become part of your business and then strategy is just this supportive element to it and I I feel like who would be better to take you through that journey than a reflector (laughs) or two reflectors oh my gosh like if you don't yeah that's pretty remarkable because it's you know a lot of my journey I've done with uh projectors and and manifesting generators because that's you know the projectors are really detailed that real penetration of I you know it it almost is a strategic journey to go through it with a projector um and manifesting generators are really I feel as a manifester the only ones that can hit us head on with our energy and and match us and push us but there's just this there's a there's a truth I feel to doing things with reflectors because you're only ever seeing back what you are putting out and that's that's the essence of the healing journey to me 
Yeah. And, and that's what we always say. Like we are very much about, we reject the whole, like the whole guru, I'm your coach and I know better. And like our job is to just literally see you and reflect what we see and help you find your truth. Like, you know, your Mm -hmm. truth better than I know your truth, you know? Um, and that's really all people need in the, in the business space. And then, yeah, like you said, when you do that, the businessy strategic stuff, it's really actually so simple. It's mm-hmm. really simple. <laughs> I know. I know we place so much emphasis on it and it's, to me, it's just massive collective head conditioning <laughs> where everyone is just searching for the answer. That's it. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. There is no one answer. There is no one. There's not even a group of three strategies. There are thousands of strategies that you can use. And it's always just the simplest strategy. What strategy supports your energy? That's it. Bottom line. And that's so hard for people to receive, I think, when they're in a conditioning place. And when I look back at my own journey, that was really hard for me to receive for a really, really long time until I just had to do it for myself and get that evidence. Me too. And sometimes I still find myself being like, if I could just figure out blah, blah, blah. And it's especially hard. I think sometimes for, I feel like we work with a lot of line ones, you know, how certain people find you. I feel like a lot of line ones find us and they want to know, like they want to have the stuff figured out. They want to know all the things. And so I think especially for them sometimes, and we're three, five. So we're like, experiment, jump in there. And they're like, ugh. Just tell me all the things. <laughs> yeah, may not research it first. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you have a book on that or a podcast or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to live it. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, for those listening who are maybe not familiar with some of the fundamental basics of human design, manifestors and reflectors are the two rarest types. Yeah, so approximately 1% or so of society are reflectors, approximately 9% of society are manifestors. And I've always felt that that immediately gives reflectors and manifestors this sort of unity that I have always felt with reflectors that there is an immediate understanding of, yeah, we are the people who are misrepresented and misunderstood because maybe it's, I mean, there's a lot of energetics to go with it, but purely statistically speaking, there's just not many of us. I'm curious about your thoughts on that. You're nodding emphatically. <laughs> so yes. I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> yes, I wholeheartedly agree. That was one of the first, like the other energy type I connected with immediately was manifestors because it's like just purely statistically, like you said, I feel like we're the outcast a little bit. We know what it feels like to be misunderstood past that. I also feel like there are aspects in our auras, like the manifestor having the closed aura and the reflector having the protective aura. I would even say like as a fifth line too, I'm a three, five, having that projection going on, mm. all of that, even though it's different elements of, of design, um, all of that can lead up to feeling like people don't really see you. People are misunderstanding you. People are making assumptions about you and it can feel really lonely So I feel like manifestors and reflectors are the two types that really deeply know what it feels like to to be alone and to be misunderstood. And I think that we're really great allies for each other because of that. Mm, I so agree. I so agree. And it's so common for manifestors to get in this space of 
you know, I feel lonely because of my closed aura. You know, I'm I'm separate from everybody else. And it's true. There's a truth to that. We are energetically closed off. We are energetically separate. But I don't think that that's the only explanation for why we feel lonely. I, I do think reflectors feel that same sense as well. Um, and there's there's kind of this very particular nuance, I feel, with being these people that are just, we don't see many of ourselves around us. We just, we, we don't. Most of us have gone through life feeling I'm different. I don't see anybody like me. And that's a very primal human fear of if I am not the same as anybody, then I don't belong. And if I don't belong, then I don't survive. And I I think that manifestors and reflectors both feel that. We just kind of receive it maybe slightly differently. There's probably subtle differences in the way that we receive it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like um, that's something that I, I couldn't really put a finger on for so many years, like that primal fear until I learned about human design. And then I, I learned about these energetics and stuff. And I realized like, oh yeah, feeling othered. It's not just like, oh, it hurts to not belong. It literally is tied to our survival instincts. And I think that, you know, I talk about business a lot. I think this comes into play for a lot of um, manifestors and reflectors in business because we feel othered and we feel isolated we can also be like almost afraid of other people and afraid of the judgment afraid of what people are going to think because we have evidence that people misunderstand us um, and so it can make it even harder um, and I'm thinking of some manifestor clients I've had where we've had conversations about this where they're like yeah but I have been judged and I have been misunderstood so like how do I know that it's not going to happen again yeah um and it's really, and it's, it's actually so intense in the body. And I think it's, it cripples a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, this is the reality, isn't it? That our, our nervous systems have a whole bunch of real data as to why this is scary and why this is not safe. And I, I do think that's unique to manifestors and reflectors, probably to some degree, projectors as well but I don't feel they experience it to the same depth that we do that um it's to me it feels like this very 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 real fight against your own your own neuron your own neurology your own right all of your own neural pathways all of your own nervous system wiring and functioning and trauma that's built from actual interactions, actual experiences. And so we're not just moving through in business in particular, we're not just moving through those same fears that everybody else is. Oh, I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to be judged. I'm afraid to fail. We're, we're moving through that, but we're also moving through this somatic journey with our own bodies that kind of almost your body comes up to fight against it. To say this mm-hmm. you should be afraid of this because remember remember last time when that happened and i i love that you mentioned that because that always just gets overlooked it's always this like just push through it just push through it mm. yeah but <laughs> what if you have had an energetic experience which you're prone to because of your type that is a, a trauma it's a trauma to your body 
Yeah. And I, I think it's, I, I really like empathize with manifestors because the way your aura works, like some people don't vibe with you and it has nothing to do with you, but it hurts. Like, especially cause you're like, I'm thinking of specific manifestor friends I have that I'm obsessed with. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're the coolest person I've ever met. But then I've seen other people be like weirdly bothered by them. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> But it, it hurts. It's really hard. And I think that um, some people, some people on their business journey have an easier time than others. And I think sometimes manifestors can struggle. And I just want to say like, it's valid Mm -hmm. um, because this, this fear of like being rejected or being um, whatever from other people is so intense in the body. And like, yes, feel the fear and do it anyway. That is important because it's like, you have to reteach your body that it is safe, but it's important to know, like you're having a full on nervous system meltdown here and that's valid. And so it's important to learn somatic tools and things like that to help bring your body back down to like a base level. 100% mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> I am curious if you know, or you remember the first manifesto that you ever met and what was what was that energetic experience like when I knew about human design or even before I mean even before can you is there someone that you remember that when you came into human design you were like oh that person was probably a manifester yes well I know this person for a fact so I'm, I'm thinking immediately of one of my best friends still that we became friends in middle school yeah um and uh, when I found out she was a manifester, I was like, oh, duh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) Um, and I just, she, so she's literally the funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. I always am like, you could be a stand-up comedian. Actually, (laughs) she, anywhere she is, she is just like the light of everything. And like, she, she truly impacts the whole room. Like anywhere she is, the energy's brought up, the humor is brought up. Everybody's talking more she's like what that kind of person that it's like a make or break when there's a hangout if she's not there sometimes it can be a little dull when she's there you know it's gonna be a great <laughs> That's time so she's cool. that kind yes. of yes <laughs> yeah and and when I whenever I'm with her I kind of feel like I can I feel like I can do anything I feel funnier I feel more energetic like that's how much her energy impacts me and obviously not all manifestors have the same personality but she has such a strong impact on me um and i feel that with you too you know some people especially having an an open throat an undefined throat i have i notice this how i speak differently with different people the second i sat down with you i'm like oh yeah like i could <laughs> we could go back and forth all day i can talk really easily like my thoughts are connecting with my mouth i don't always feel like that sometimes i sit down and talk with people and i'm like uh and i really struggle to get the words out <laughs> in a fluid way don't feel that at all with you um and so yeah she's had she's a powerful presence in my life Mm. very much Mm. Mm -hmm. do you think you you okay mechanically speaking you've got to assume that reflectors would be the people that feel a manifesto energy more than anyone else right surely just mechanically speaking that's got to reverberate through your body more than anybody else would receive it do you feel like whenever you come across a manifesto, there is that immediate impact? Whether, I mean, whether it feels good or not, because some manifestors you're going to come across will not feel good to you. And I'm curious if you've had any of those experiences too, but do you feel like that that impacts you quite significantly? 
I do. And you know, it's hard to say, I think it did even before I knew about human design. Now that I do know about human design, I I'm always like, I wonder if you're a manifester or sometimes I wonder if you're an emotional authority. I feel like emotional authority people, I, I feel them, especially mm -hmm. when they're in an intense point in their wave. I feel them very deeply. Um, but yeah, I, I know several manifestors in my life and I would say like, everybody has a flavor to me, like an energetic flavor, oh, you know, that's so but, cool. but yeah. right. And it's almost, it's almost hard for me to describe with words. Um, but sometimes I'll equate it to like, oh, she feels like honey or she feels like a sparkler or like, I don't know, that's the best way I can describe it. And yeah, every manifester I meet, I like, I feel them more than other people, if that makes sense. You can mm -hmm. feel everybody, but some people it's just more powerful. And again, it's going to be colored by other things in your design and your personality, but if, if I vibe with a manifester and I like them and they make me feel good, I want to be around them like the most, honestly. <laughs> some of the, some of the cool things that have been coming through in all of these conversations, because I've now spoken to, I think people across every single type as we've been doing this project, which was my aim, right? Um, but the really beautiful common thread that has come through from every person is that they've all said some version of hey, these manifestors that I'm in relationship with, that's a really sacred relationship. Like being being up close in a manifestor's energy. I mean, people have said it feels like warm. It feels gooey. It feels very, um, very precious, very sacred, very protected. Everyone's represented some element of like, when you are in with a manifestor, like you are in you feel like you are taken care of and there's this loyalty and there's this ownership. Is that the same for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I can even look back at relationships I've had with manifestors where I can see myself just kind of being like, I just want you to like me and I want to hang out <laughs> with you. And I want to be like, I want to be a part of your club. And on the flip side, I have felt like being on the other end of it where maybe I was having a conflict with a manifestor or something like that feels extra, not great. And I, and I mean, I have an undefined solar plexus, obviously. So I like hate conflict in general. Um, but I'm, I'm always very much like, I just want to, I'm kind of in awe of you guys a little bit. Um, you know, and I sort of just want to be in your club. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the closed or a club. Welcome. Yeah. I love Welcome it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, one of the things that I've been learning about myself, especially over the last year as a manifestor, I've been doing so much more conscious work on my line four because it's it feels easier to be in the line six because there's this there's this element of like separation and kind of aloofness with the six that I get to be a bit separate and that's really played well into my trauma patterns. <laughs> go I get mm -hmm. to stay away from everyone so I've I've been moving through being that conscious for being the manifesto that allows intimacy in relationships and allows genuine closeness triggering might I say this has not been an easy journey by any measure but what I've really noticed is that um as a manifesto when I initiate people deliberately into friendship or any kind of relationship, that seems to have such a significant influence on them. Like people seem to receive that as this enormous gift. Me saying, hey, you're cool. Do you want to be my friend? <laughs> and they're like, whoa, 
wow, <laughs> wow. And I think I don't fully understand why that is. <laughs> I'm curious about your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that to me, manifestors are, they're like the king or queen of their kingdom. And they're kind of here to not really give a fuck so much about what everybody around them is doing and what everybody around them thinks. And they're kind of like, I'm going to bring something new and beautiful into the world. And I'm going to blaze this trail. And like, if you want to follow me, follow me. If you don't, then whatever. Um, And it's such like a, you guys have this journey where I just feel like you have this connection to something otherworldly that I sort of revere um and but it's very much like you're doing your own thing you know you're on your own sort of path and so when a manifester really is like hey I really want you to be in my circle I feel honored I I think Mm -hmm. is how I feel um and I also I also feel that way because I know having the closed aura um and I also relate again on a level because I'm a fifth line the projection field thing like I definitely have some walls up and have this fear of judgment fear of being burned at the stake and all of that stuff and so I've been on a similar journey where I'm trying to communicate more and be more open and honest and let people in <laughs> I love it's your hard. face like, saying, like oh god I don't want to be doing this but I am <laughs> yeah like I know it's my work but I I'm going to complain the whole time but like I'll do it because I feel like there's similarities in that journey with the manifester I know how hard it is to foster these like intimate relationships and really let people into your world. So when a manifester is like, Hey, I love you. I want to let you in. Yeah. I feel honored. Cause I know that it's not easy. Mm. Mm. There's this, there's this space. I mean, I talk about it quite a bit in the community um, with manifestors in any kind of relationship where we need to acknowledge within ourselves that we don't need relationships of any sort, even as a line four, I really, I don't need relationships. I need a community. I need a network around me, but um, we don't have the need for relationships like other people do. It's mostly easier actually to just hang out in our own energy and and not share that and not be disrupted by anyone. But we do want relationships. We do want connections with people. And that for us is the biggest love offering that we can give and I think we need to learn all of us as manifestors we need to learn to inform on that and verbalize that and say it out loud that I want you I choose you and this is my demonstration of love I can't give you more than than this to say come into my space come into my world because I want you in it and I choose you in it but um I feel like for a lot of people that's unsettling because they expect us to need them. And Mm. I think we have just, I mean, on a broader scale, outside human design, whenever we're talking about relationships, I think that what the world teaches us is that a relationship stays together when you need each other. Like that's, that's commitment. I need you and you need me and we're both getting something out of this. And but what happens then when you've got one person who doesn't need the other one, but says my sign of commitment is that I want you. But that makes you feel like, well, at any point you could stop wanting me and you could leave. Is that, is there an element of that in being up close to a manifesto? 
Yeah, I, I'd say for sure, at least with manifestors who I feel like are secure with themselves and have done have done their work and they're kind of in that healthy expression of the manifester. I also have been very guilty of some like codependent behavior in my, <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I can definitely say that in the past, even still now, if I'm being honest, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I will feel like, I need you like, please don't leave me. And, but you know what it, I think being in a space with a secure manifester, who's like, I don't need you, but I want you. Um, I think it would give me the opportunity just to find more security in myself. And that's what mm -hmm. we all want. Like, no matter what our, our type is, that's the ideal is that like, whatever's going on in our outside world, our inner like stability and security kind of remains unshakable within ourselves. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? That's alignment. Yeah. So the yeah. sovereignty yeah. of self yeah. to come back to self, which to be fair, that's got to be hard as a reflector when you have no defined energy. So how, how do you find a sense of self as a reflector? That's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm and you know what? I'm still figuring that out yeah. truly. Like, because I've lived, I'm, I was just telling Holly before we got on that I'm turning 30 next week. My Saturn return is coming to a close on March 7th, I think. And so I'm like ending my twenties and I'm reflecting on this past decade. And, um, yeah, I I've spent a lot of time defining myself by other people because I mean, that's what we do in general as humans, but especially as reflectors, um, when we're unaware of this stuff, that's just what can happen. And so um, a lot of it is just, it's detangling. And this is what we're all on, you know, the journey of when we're into human design is this, the deconditioning journey, like what is mine and what is somebody else's? So I think first it's like identifying what isn't actually yours and kind of being like, okay, I'm going to put that over here. But then the question that I've happened upon just over the past few years is like, okay, then what is mine? Mm. Um, and looking at, it's kind of a, it's kind of mind blowing when you start to analyze and witness your behavior. And you kind of see that a lot of the stuff you do is, is conditioning or is like a trauma response. And um, you know, I definitely had a little bit of a meltdown about that a few years ago. Cause I was like, who even am I? Like, what is my <laughs> personality? Satin return vibes. <laughs> yeah, yes, literally. But also now I'm like, it is still me. Cause it's all me. Mm. Um, but now I feel like I have the opportunity to just be curious and just kind of watch what excites me and what I get stoked about and passionate about. And it's, it's fun. And I'm a line three. So I'm like, I'm here for the experimentation and the discovery of it. And it's a journey that's never going to have an ending. <laughs> yes. That's such a beautiful expression of the deconditioning journey, this lifetime deconditioning journey, which in my experience starts off pretty intensely, right? You kind of got to, you have to go through this intensive period of it where you're uncovering all of the stuff and that can feel I mean, that can almost feel very satiny. It can, it can feel very like this is all coming at me all at once and everything is shifting. Um, but then it does. It moves into a softer place where, you know, part of it is maintenance and part of it is is almost a conscious discovery then of mm, I've got some space now. Where can I dive into? Where can I dig into? Um, but I love that you use the word curiosity around that because, that's such a loving way 
to approach your own experiences of conditioning. Again, who who better to know that than a reflector? Because <laughs> you're <laughs> you're all conditioning everywhere. Every part of you <laughs> is conditioning. <laughs> and you know, a lot of a lot of manifestors are pretty undefined. Like a lot of us don't have too much definition. I've come across a handful of manifestors that are heavily defined, but not many. Um, and I only have three centers. I'm just an ego spleen throat. So I, I think that there's a lot of resonance within us of that, that experience of, I have so many wounds in here. Like I have so much conditioning and how, how do I keep going through that? How, how do I keep journeying through that when it seems like that's just never going to end? especially when you start looking at that in the application of business because you can see your own conditioning showing up in your business and blocking you from things. Yes. This is the other, another gripe. I have some gripes with, you know, <laughs> the human design world and just how things are presented and how oh my things God. can get misconstrued. Share them you, with me, please. <laughs> we could talk about that all day. I mean, you know, one of the things is like undefined centers, I think are like marketed as bad almost like mm-hmm. people, people immediately are like, oh my God, undefined centers are like, where I'm going to be conditioned, where I have all these wounds and lessons. And then if you're someone who's a manifester with a lot of open centers, or if you're a fucking reflector, you're like, I'm screwed then. That's what I thought when I, (laughs) when I first (laughs) learned about human design. And I think that I I've been so into like personal development and spirituality and all that stuff since I was like a teenager and I love it. But I think that the problem that a lot of people can run into is having all this awareness can give you this feeling that like, I have to heal myself. I have to heal everything right now. And I have to fix all these things. And it's funny because when you do that, you inadvertently cause yourself like more pain because then you're like hyper aware of all of your shit. And you're like, I need to fix this. And it makes things worse. It's kind of funny. actually. It's like a hamster. It's just like a hamster wheel. It's kind of crazy. It is. The, the more self-aware you are, the more ability you have to self-sabotage. You really do. Yeah. It's so that's such a correct representation. <laughs> it's it's just kind it's kind of hilarious. And when I look back at the past few years, I'm like, oh, that's so silly. And so the funny thing is like when you stop trying so hard to fix yourself, these things naturally heal mm-hmm. because it's awareness and acceptance. And this is like I love the the gene keys too. And I've been getting more into them over the Mm. past year. And that's a lot of what they talk about is just like awareness of your shadows and acceptance. And that's really what helps you transmute them into like your gifts. And that's really impacted me a lot. Um, Just kind of watching yourself in your behaviors and being like, okay, I see that, but not immediately jumping to fix it. Yes, Mm. yes, yes, yes. It's also why I love the gene keys because there's a you, you can't actually force your way through the Gene Keys experience. It's based on contemplation. You just have to contemplate. You just have to ruminate. You just have to let it sort of settle into your awareness. And that's where you get the shift. That's where you get the growth, which to me just is like, <laughs> that's the best gift you could give yourself as a human <laughs> to get I this know. awareness of yourself that's not an action. It's not a masculine. It's not a do. It's just a be yeah. and receive, which is so good. I know. And sometimes in our work with people, um, someone will be like, okay, I've uncovered 
the thing. Like I've uncovered this original incident. Like, what do I do with it? And we're like, just hold it and sit with it and look at it and feel it. That's it. Be aware like, of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're like, but what do I do? And it, and I still feel like that sometimes too, with the undefined head and the undefined root. I'm like, I got to figure it all out and I got to do it all right now or else I'm going to die. Uh, but you don't. And it's because there's no, there's no finish line. Yes, 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 yes. Never. <laughs> Not until we die and then Never. we come back again yep. and repeat it all again, everybody. That's, that's the style of the show. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, what I, I mention every now and then, um, and you touched on it just before, is that in the kind of wider human design spaces, um, the language about manifestors is not great. And I think that there's some undertones to the language that come through, which are probably just representative of manifestors being really misunderstood. But largely what I see happening is that there's sort of these same four or five things that are these textbook things about manifestors that just get regurgitated. And of all of the other types, I think that that happens to reflectors as well, mm-hmm. that um it's almost like nobody really knows what to say about reflectors. <laughs> and so yeah. you kind of get like tacked on the end, you know, like, oh, yeah, reflectors, you're here to mirror. You're, yeah. you're here to reflect. <laughs> what is your experience of that as somebody who's kind of in, in this human design sphere also not really being represented in people's content? Yeah, I would, I got really excited about it and I got excited and I'm sure manifestors can relate to this too. Cause when I learned like, oh, you're only 1%, like you guys are only 9%. You're like, oh, I'm special. And so, yeah, I was, my interest was peaked, but then I would listen to these podcast episodes and it literally sounds like every, and it's not anyone's fault. It's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this happens, but it seems like everyone was saying the same thing, the same, like three to four lines, like reflectors, uh, mirror the health of their community. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, what, mm. And that's my gripe with, with some human design spaces is like, you hear it and you're like, okay, what does that literally look like and mean in real life? I don't, I don't know. And so I just, it, yeah, it just makes you feel a little like, forgotten sort of and just kind of like oh we're gonna tack you on at the end say the same three sentences about you um and so you just have to do more work as a type like a reflector or a manifester you just have to be more diligent in like your research um which is annoying but that's why it's beautiful that that you have this resource you know for manifestors out there and there are other resources for reflectors too it's just harder to find (laughs) (laughs) but just the unicorns just the unicorns out there yeah 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 like what does that mean (laughs) I I get it like but I'm sick of people saying that (laughs) (laughs) right you know what does any of it mean what does it mean (laughs) you know and I get a lot of manifestors that will come to me with things like what does initiating even mean like what is that because we just get that word thrown at us so often and they're right what what does this stuff mean what does it mean to mirror you know back to society what does it mean to initiate you know I I, you're correct this places a responsibility on us as individuals to have to do more work and I think exit exit those scenes where we feel like we're not being represented and say I love you all I love the work that you're doing. I love, you know, what you're trying to bring to the world, but there's, I'm not served here. So I'm going to move away. And um, 
my personal belief is that we need to be really conscientious as these two rare types to be mindful of who we're allowing to teach us who we're allowing to speak into our lives, whether that's with a coach, whether it's with a content creator, whether it's doing a course, whatever. Um, we're so susceptible to, I mean, we're sensitive. <laughs> I think we're the, we're the weird, like little sensitive edge. <laughs> collective, like trying to be like, yes, we're very wise. We're very insightful. We're very grand. No, we're not. We're just exquisitely sensitive. <laughs> Probably like a little bit, a little bit crazy and wounded because of it. Um, but we need to be protective of ourselves then and really only allow people to speak into our lives who genuinely have an understanding of, of who we are and how to support us in doing that. Yes. And I mean, I have muted many, many human design accounts that the people I'm like, I, God love you. Like you're great, but I just don't want to see all of that. And we talked about this a little bit before that you said you, you don't, you kind of stay a little bit back and I, I feel the same way because there's just a lot of, there's a lot there, but especially for manifestors, it's like, I think one of the most important thing for you guys is that you don't, don't give your power away to somebody else. Like, you mm. know, you, and you know, what's right for you better than that, like human design expert does, you know? And I think that um, a lot of us outsource our powers to other people for a lot of reasons, and it's totally like normal and valid. Um, but I think especially for manifestors, tuning out other voices and tuning into yours is the mo is the best thing you can do for yourself. Yes. Is that something that you see manifestors do in business? I mean, you have the ability to to work with manifestors kind of up close in their business journey. Is that a pattern that you see manifestors doing in business? Yes. And it's, a, and it's something everybody does. Like when people come into business, it exposes all of your vulnerabilities because okay. it's just so when you create something and then put it out into the world, that's so vulnerable. Like, Hey, I made this and I think it's awesome. You should buy it. Like it will bring up all of your shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for manifestors, um, there's been, you know, what I see is like this questioning of themselves. Like, do you think this is a good idea? Is this a good strategy? Should I do this? And I'm like, it literally doesn't actually matter. Even if what you're doing is technically like not a great strategy, that actually doesn't even matter either. Mm -hmm. What matters is like, if you are getting the urge to do something and it's feeling correct and your intuition is telling you to do it, that literally that's all that matters. But do you know how that's fucking hard because we're surrounded <laughs> by it is right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I really like again, I empathize with you guys because a lot of the urges you get, I'm sure, go totally against a lot of advice you hear and go against logic a lot of the time. So especially when you're in business and what you're doing, especially when you have kids and you're supporting your family, like your business is, it's some serious shit. It's like what you depend on to, to provide for your family. So if you're learning to follow your own urges, that's scary because yeah, they're not always going to make logical sense. And there's going to all be all these voices around you that are going to be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so that is something I see with manifestors, like where their work is in business a lot is just, is just learning to trust themselves. Yes, that's so good. Because that's the essence of everything. <laughs> a manifestor in business, just create from your urges. That's it. Just create from your urges, which is a very oversimplified way of looking at it, right? But 
um, the reality of the human experience in that is that that every single time you do it, it will be terrifying every single time you do it. And I've been on the path of following that pattern and doing that for, I mean, five years now. And, you know, I have, I have a business that does generate a lot of money and does support my whole family. I'm still scared. Every, every single urge that comes through because every urge feels illogical it feels like it's not strategically correct for what's going on in the business or in the industry. Um, and it feels like it takes me in, I mean, I'm, I'm an undefined G-Center. It feels like it takes me in a direction or into an identity that I've never been in before. So there's no guarantee of success at all. But the, the irony is that as manifestors doing business, which a lot of us do, because it gives us autonomy, um, is that when we try to create logically, it does fail. It doesn't work because our, our energy is not present for it. And it's not what your audience needs. It's not what the collective needs. So there's this inherent built-in trustworthiness, I think, to our urges. It says if you've received an urge, it's because people need it and your energy is on board with it. And those are the only two things that you ever need in, in business. Follow your own alignment and give people what they need. That's that's it. They're the two pillars. So um, it's just, it's a journey. It's a journey through wounding and it's a journey through trust to get there, which I imagine has some similarities to reflectors in business as well. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes we just feel like there's just so much going on. Sometimes you kind of feel like you're you're flailing a little bit, but it but it is just put your blinders on don't look at what other people are doing because you are not other people. It, it, you know, and I think that the best thing we can do when we're on sort of a unique path like this is collect data that we can trust ourselves. So as manifestors, like you guys need to follow your urges, see that it works out even more like magically and amazingly than you would have even been able to think of in your human brain. And the more you do that, you will collect data that like, okay, I know this seems crazy, but I can follow this and it's going to work out and it's actually safe to do that. I'm sure it still will feel crazy and hard in some ways forever, but it does get easier over time. You just, it's, it's courage that you have to muster. Yeah. I think when you're on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's a level of grit. It is a level of yeah. grit, I think. And um, certainly certainly doing nervous system work <laughs> if you can get your nervous system on board it feels so much better but that's that's not light work you know that's that's some pretty intensive work to go through nervous system rewiring and i just think i mean for all of us it's important for manifestors and reflectors it's a it's a requirement thank yeah our nervous systems Absolutely. are fried they're just fried and we just we got to do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah so we really do yeah. And I think that a lot of the time I, I was making a, I've been making memes lately. That's really fun. Um, <laughs> I know, I've been seeing that. I like them. I'm like, I like the humor coming through. Yes. Oh my God. It's so fun. I'm like, wow, I can, I can just make content like that. I don't have to write. I hate writing. No, And people anyway. love it. People love the memes. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> yeah. They're so fun. Cause it's like, you can capture a really poignant, like lesson or point in a short visual way. Like that's my jam I love it yes. uh but I was making a meme today ab about the idea that like what it 
there's going to be discomfort either way. If you resist like who you are, it, there will be discomfort. If you, if you go on the path of like growth and change and following your urges, if you're a manifester, there will be discomfort. So it's like, you're going to kind of suffer <laughs> in some capacity either way that sounds so dark kind of but it's just uh, the truth reflect a but wisdom. it's like you'll suffer either way guys <laughs> <laughs> but one outcome has a better payoff do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. if you're gonna be uncomfortable either way why not take the chance on the path that could lead to like more expansion and beauty and abundance in your life than you would ever have thought you know Yes, you just explained the whole foundational psychology of my existence. Yes. Great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly how I live. Like it's either resist or surrender. That's it. Yeah. You've got two choices and it's uncomfortable either way. But if you surrender, you actually get growth. If you resist, all you mm-hmm. get is fatigue and more wounding and like fight. So mm-hmm. just surrender. <laughs> just do the growth. Just do the lesson, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I have I have one more question, one more thought I want to touch on before we before we leave. Um, because podcasting, you've got to wrap up at some point. Yeah. I feel like there is a resonance again between manifestors and reflectors living in a world that's really responsive. And oh, the physical requirement of needing to respond. And I know, I know that projectors, many of who listen to this podcast will feel an element of this as well, right? Because projectors are non-sacrals, trying to be a non-sacral in a sacral world where you're responding, that's hard. But I think that for reflectors, there's a lot of recognition when they respond and they get to engage in that process. For manifestors and reflectors, it's just tiring. It's really hiring having to respond all the time I know what that feels like as a manifester what is that physically energetically emotionally like as a reflector you're actually blowing my mind a little bit because I've just never I've never thought about it in this way oh well welcome to the conversation (laughs) yeah I've just yeah you're very correct and I I have a thing with when you're talking about responding, I'm literally thinking of like messages, like people Mm. texting me, getting messages where I'm being prompted to respond. And my whole life, I have been kind of an asshole about texting. Like (laughs) I don't text anybody back. I just don't. And people in my life are like, yeah, good luck getting back at a text you back. (laughs) And that's just always, (laughs) it's, it's, I feel bad, but that's always how I've been. But it, almost when I have all this stuff coming at me and there's this there this expectation to respond I almost get this like rebellious like fuck you like mm-hmm. <laughs> a kind mm-hmm. of feeling. Mm-hmm. yes and I almost and it's it's kind of sad because it'll be people like being nice to me and being like oh I love this or asking like if I want to hang out it's like nice things but I'm kind of like fuck you leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but I'm just connecting it as we're speaking right now to this idea of like, yeah, we're not the type that's built, built to respond. Do you know what I mean? And I just, and I think reflectors and manifestors can relate both to this. I just want to do things in my own time. Mm-hmm. I just want to work on my own timeline and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I'll sit down one day and get done 4 million tasks that I've been putting off for eight years, but that's just, that's just how I do things. And so 
whenever there's this thing that's like, you need to respond to this and it's time sensitive, I get kind of ragey actually. And then I just avoid it. Mm. And, and then it causes me problems sometimes <laughs> down the road because I've <laughs> avoided it, but yeah, it drives me insane. So I guess a good thing is to like, you know, if you're in business, um, if you're a type that's not built to response, how can you set things up so that you can operate on, on your own timeline? And I definitely have, you know, when we work with clients, like we have expectations where we mm. give ourselves extra time to get back to messages. Like I'm not the kind of coach who's going to be like, yeah, I will definitely get back to you within two hours on Voxer. No, like yeah. I would die if I had that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's got to be a recognition that especially in business, it, business is a responsive machine. You have to respond. That's just the deal. And so how do you strategically do that in a way that is most supportive of your energy, right? Like we have automations. We have automations that can take care of a whole bunch of stuff. And then where we can't have automations, there's space. There's you got to own your own energy to say, I'm not, I can't respond in the same way and the same time that maybe an MG or a generator would because that that doesn't light me up, that drains me that takes energy away from me. And then you don't get what you want and you need from me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think there's this funny representation of, of reflectors. It's just you mentioning that sometimes you'll do, you know, 8 million things in one day. There's this funny representation of reflectors as though like you're just these sort of like hippie, like I just float around and I just reflect society and I just mirror things and maybe I plant an organic vegetable garden. <laughs> like, no, no, surely that's not all reflectors. <laughs> surely you function no. in the real world as well. I sometimes I am like that. Like some yeah. days I want to be like a hippie organic garden lady, but yeah, I know that's another issue that makes me insane that people talk about reflectors. Like they're these little fragile butterflies that can't <laughs> do anything. And so we get all these reflectors coming to us and they're like, I want to start a business, but I feel like I can't do it. And it makes mm -hmm. me ragey because that is simply false. It's, it's just, and that's the whole thing with like the non-sacrals and non-energy types people think it means we don't have energy and that's not what it means. It it's just means correct. that we don't have the same energy every day. That's all it means that it just varies from day to day. So the only thing to do is just work with your energy, set up your life so that you can work with your energy. So when it's there, you use it. And when it's not there, you rest. Like it's, it's really simple. It's, you know, obviously that's why I think a lot of us are drawn to business because we have the freedom to do that. Um, but reflector, I mean, me and my business partner, uh, Jules, we're both reflectors. We both have the gate of ambition, like gate 54. Mm -hmm. We want to like do, we have big goals. We cool. want to accomplish a lot of things and we can get shit done. Like when we're on, we get so much done. It's crazy. Um, and so if you are a reflector or a manifester, who's concerned about being a non-sacral, don't listen to those dummies because <laughs> you could do all the things. You could do all the things, I promise. Hells yeah, you can. People are always surprised when I say that on, on our team of staff, we don't have a single sacral being. Our whole team of staff is manifestors and projectors. That's it. Wow. And I mean, we get a lot of shit done. And just last year alone, we had 15 launches. 
easy, easy. We could have done more if we wanted to. Um, so I think this, like this whole narrative about not like non-sacrals, you can't finish anything. You can't be consistent. Like you have to rest all the time. That's not true. That's a, that's a broad stroke, very misguided understanding. I think that comes from people who are probably sacrals and don't really understand the experience of being a non-sacral that it is just about honoring the inconsistency in the the cycles of your own energy right exactly what you said some days you'll have it some days you won't have it and you can you can still succeed in business we kind of get the opposite with manifestors we get some manifestors coming to us being like i feel like everybody says manifestors only need to be in business because they can't ever be told what to do but i work a 9 to 5 and <laughs> I love it. And is there something wrong with me? No, that's where you want to be. Great. That's that's where you want to be. That's really good for you. Stay there while you while you still want it and while that still works yeah. for you. But I think it really just speaks to um there needs to be individuality in in your journey which through is, all of this. Which is what human design is all about, right? Like the individuality. Science of and- differentiation. That's it. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I think that like some people, I think the whole human design community could like lighten up just a little bit. Cause sometimes people get so like so intensely serious. Like if you don't follow this, it's law and you're the whole world's going to end. And like, it's meant to be an experiment. It's like, isn't it supposed to be fun? And when you get so serious about it, it kind of sucks the fun out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Spoken like a true line three. I love that. That's <laughs> so perfect. Let's just play an experiment, everybody. That's all we really need to do here. Right? Beautiful wisdom. Beautiful wisdom. Uh, um, I could talk to you for ages. I could talk to you about so many, so many different topics. And we're both non-sacrals. So I'm going to let us wrap up because an hour of talking, that's a lot for non-sacrals. <laughs> Can you share with people um, how can they get up in your work? What kind of stuff do you do? Do you have any offers? Like what might people experience if they come into your space? Yeah. So like I talked about in the beginning, I work with a partner, also a reflector. Um, we we have a lot of different things we do throughout the year. We do a lot of workshops and stuff like that. But our main jam is our uh, program called The Vision. Um, it is an open-ended, open enrollment container. So once you come in, you always have access to the calls. Um, we have a curriculum with like resources and lots of information and we have a really beautiful community. Um, and, you know, like I kind of was speaking to in the beginning, we realized that there's so much out there in the business world as far as like finding the right strategy and, you know, doing that. And then you're, you're, you're golden basically. And we felt like there was a huge gap in that really what holds people back is, all of the internal work that's necessary. And we also realize that what creates magnetism in business is getting in touch with your authentic self. When you really understand who you are and you can speak and express your truth in the world, the frequency you put out will will bring to you the people and the clients and the opportunities that are correct for you. And that's when you get into that like flow in business and when things actually start happening and actually are fun and feel good because- Again, hello, 
didn't we start a business because we like want to enjoy ourselves? And I think people forget that sometimes because it is, it is hard. So um, the vision is all about going on this self-discovery journey and really learning about ourselves and the gifts that we're here to share with the world. And then figuring out how to take those gifts and package them in a way that we can help others and also make an income. So we do a lot of like beautiful, vulnerable sharing and coaching and supporting, but we also do strategy businessy work of putting putting your stuff together and actually expressing it out into the world so it's super fun it's open all the time until we die not really but that's what it feels like is <laughs> it's our it's our baby and it's the best so that is the best place to hang out with us um and I also hang out on Instagram a lot so you can send me a message on Instagram and we can become friends and maybe you'll respond. Maybe you. Maybe I'll. I <laughs> maybe will I at some. <laughs> eventually, I will. The timeline is anyone's guess. <laughs> <laughs> that work sounds so beautiful, so beautiful, and and as I've mentioned a couple of times through this podcast, there could be nobody better in the world to learn from. I think than a than a reflector because it is in this journey through something like business and and trying to immerse yourself in the self-growth required to be an entrepreneur in the digital space, what you need is somebody who can energetically hold space to show you back to yourself. And mm. hands down, hands down, a reflector is the person to do that. So I love that you do that work. I love that you have a partner who's also a reflector. Oh my God, that's just incredible. Like two for the price of one. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, of course, we'll put all of your links and everything in the show notes so people can get in contact with you. But you are at HD Undefined on Instagram. Um, get up, get up in Becca's face because it's, it's she's great. <laughs> She's quirky and she's cool. Um, and she represents things just really, really beautifully, I think, in a very, just in a very real way, a very honest way, which is that's really something because you don't get that from a lot of people. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for who you are. And most definitely, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for all those lovely words. It literally is an actual joy to hang out with you. I've loved this. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.